two to tie. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he calls it too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. He got by with a walk, and Jimmy calls a technical. He, he calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many, and so it'll be a technical foul. North Carolina shooting and the ball. A huge mental mistake. Mental mistake. Episode twenty-eight, quarantine edition. No timeouts. Starting a new thing here. Uh, haven't really figured out the name all the way yet, but I, I think right now the leader is uh, NBA flashbacks, you know, because that's what we're doing. We're going back in time, just going, you know, with no games going on, going back in time, going to see essentially just how things were. It's like we talk about stuff, especially games, and we just kind of – we as in just like everyone, especially Twitter, just like looks at games and just kind of goes off box scores and highlights – but when you really like rewatch the game, there's so much context and so much stuff that you don't remember about like maybe someone was hurt or whatever. Not that it really changes anything, but it's just good to know. And that I feel like gets lost. Um, so we're doing it player themed. Gonna start with Kobe. RP mm. Kobe. Yes. So of course, I had to bring in one of, if not the biggest Kobe stand that I know. Carter Derek. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Proud, I always give it to you. Proud car can't remember. <laughs> not, not irrational though, but a proud. Uh, proud see, that's a that's an oxymoron. If you can't be an elite Kobe stand and also be rational, that's not how it works. You, you said I was a stand. I said I was a proud car can member of the fan club. The fan club is are all stands. No, no, man, come on. That's just how it is, especially once, especially when somebody starts making some good points, then it just starts to oh, spiral. When, no, when somebody starts making good points, then yes, I jump in the <laughs> back. Yeah, it's but like, if it's not, if it's I mean, no, it's, way, it's never, then yeah, I can, it's never I can the jump first off option. the train. Yeah, it's never the first option. I, look, I've had enough arguments with Laker fans, Kobe fans, to know how it goes. It always starts off fine until you start making some good points. See, the thing about Laker, Lakers slash Kobe fans is because the Lakers have such a broad fan base, sometimes I don't know if I'm talking to somebody who's literally just a Kobe fan and, like, a casual, am I talk, you know, or am I talking to somebody who's like, no, Kobe's my favorite player or not my favorite player, but I actually like That's him. true. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, And now you have to worry if you're talking to a LeBron fan. Oh, well, I already knew that. <laughs> but I will say they're, hey, they're, um, they're in the Laker fan, family now. I'll say this about LeBron fans. Um, I'm coming in clear, right? Huh. Sound wise. I'm coming in oh, clear. No, you're, oh, yeah, no, you're all good. You're all okay, good. well, I'll say this about LeBron fans. They, um, they're very vocal about where they stand, and I can respect that. They're like, yeah, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Let's get this. Yeah, that's here. true. Yeah, that's true. They definitely, their agenda, they make it known. So I, I can respect that on the one hand. Uh, the, the, but, the casual Kobe fans are the dudes who, like, I mean, as you know, Kobe was giving people 60 points when we were like, 13, you know, all right, all right. So people kind of like weren't really watching, but like kind of were watching. So all right, there were everyone like, was watching Sports Center. Right, it's like Alan Iverson. <laughs> like people who right. like will ride for Alan, and like I'm also, I will ride for Alan Iverson. But people like don't want to admit it. It's like he kind of was the reason his career went that way. But he was still great. But people right. still want to hold on because it was 2001 and you were a kid, and it was like. It was great, but it was like, 
Yeah, it's, it's very, he's very Russell Westbrook, and, like, the things that make him how good he is are also sometimes his demise. Yeah, and with that being said, like, obviously, I, I don't know Allen Iverson's plans, but, I mean, you do have to, like, be honest about it. Like, yeah, no, of course. And the last thing I'll say is another thing that I respect is the loyalty that Kobe and Laker fans have, especially Kobe oh, fans. I mean, obviously, it's hit a whole new level you know, given the unfortunate circumstances of everything. But even before then, like, it was a – it was it's always been the same. Like, once you get on that train, the loyalty is there for I life. Tried. I tried. I've seen people troll, and I know they're trolling, and I try to stop myself. And I just can't. <laughs> like, I like, just got to jump in and defend Kobe at every, every turn. Oh, of course. Why do you think I sent you those screenshots? Yeah, I knew you were doing that, <laughs> and I fell for it, and I felt dumb out. Like, <laughs> uh, it, I know you. I knew you were gonna fall for it because I had two ready because I knew you were going to respond to the first. And, and here's the thing: like, <laughs> it, it wasn't even that when you sent it, I was gonna let it go, and then somebody laughed at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. someone laughed at it. I knew I, all I needed was Adam to laugh at it. That's it. That was it. I was like, I don't know if people are serious or not. So I, I have to defend. <laughs> yes, one, if no one, if everyone had ignored it then, yeah, you might have let it go. But as soon as someone brought some attention to it, it was a wrap. Oh, man. Good times. I got to find some more of those. Not too many of those type of screenshots. Uh, but I'll find no, those screenshots are the best, especially because they're <laughs> old and grainy. Right. Like the old NBA, and it's just like, uh. Yeah, yeah. That was before they really did the graphics. It was like once every blue moon, they'll put up some stats. For everyone who doesn't know, yeah, no one would really know. I put up a, a nice screenshot of, the 2001 Game 1 finals of the Lakers-Sixers, and it was Allen Iverson. Two points at half. <laughs> and Allen Iverson at 21 at half. It was – Oh, was, yeah, 31. It was 21? Oh, no. It yeah, it might have been th- – Yeah, it was something. It was a lot to a little. That yeah, was, was, that was the only point. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, so, this game that we're getting to, the 2008 Western Conference Finals, Lakers versus Spurs, Game 1. Uh, this isn't going to – Cracked the top five, but it was definitely a good honorable mention, especially because as a Spurs. So, you know, yeah, of the Kobe games, uh, I guess I'm tentatively doing top five. Um, yeah, just I, I might break. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, this I'm, don't hold me to it. It might go over five, but that's, that's what we're doing now. But I'm counting this as an honorable mention. Yeah, this was, I was going to say for the record, this. So when you sent me, I don't know if you want to get the people backstory, so I get the people backstory. No, go ahead. So uh, you sent me to, you sent me a request to name my top five Kobe games, and of course I couldn't. So I was like, can I do playoffs the regular season? And so this is like a honorable mention for my regular season. I mean my playoffs. I think it was my like first honorable mention. Yeah, it was like yeah. first honorable. It was just right outside the top five. And I wanted to just do, stick to playoffs. I mean, we could talk about the Spurs. It just seemed like a nice win-win to get, get our feel with it. Feeling like the 45 and 10, but okay. That was a different Spurs team. I don't claim those Spurs. And the second best player was Antonio Daniels. Not my problem. As, Go talk well, to RCB first. <laughs> you know, look, on this podcast, we don't we don't acknowledge those Spurs. Uh, so, yeah, 2008 West Conference Finals. Game one starts off really weird. Like one of the only games I think, especially playoff games, where I just didn't see Kobe shooting. Oh, this is see, and that's the thing. 
There's another playoff game that I had in my top five that was like that. I don't know if I want to spoil it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. It was the um, 2006, the game winner against the Suns, game four. He doesn't shoot a lot in, in that game. Not like I mean, not how we know Kobe to shoot. Right. I mean, he ended with 21 shot attempts this game, so it's not like he wasn't shooting, but he definitely started off definitely slow. In the, yeah, but they were the shots, too, were definitely in. He had a couple forces, but they were definitely in the flow of the offense. It wasn't yeah, like, for sure. I mean, he had nine assists, like, so he was really trying to pass in the beginning of the game. Right. People are like, oh, man, he took 21 shots. I'm like, well, you have to shoot the score. So, like, right. I mean, yeah, no, 27 yeah. points on 21 shots is, you know, pretty – it's good, especially in that time and, when, you know, yeah, people we're gonna get into that flopping to, to get into the free throw line and all that. There was a point in the game where they were like – I think Kobe had – it was the second half he had picked up. It might have been like early fourth quarter, mid-fourth quarter. He had picked up like his shooting, and Doug Collins, who who calls a really great game. Doug Collins goes, um, Kobe's nine for eighteen, with I think twenty one points, and I was like, that's great. He's shooting fifty percent, and I'm like, right. And I started thinking about today's standards. I was like, damn, if you had twenty one points on eighteen shots in twenty twenty, though, people would like <laughs> people, kill yeah, you. Yeah, they would. But if you watch the game, he's taking like I mean, this is mid range jumper central. Like Tony right. Parker is the ultimate abuser of this. Like Kobe took a lot of them, but Tony Parker is like he literally does not take like he he's like wide open the three point line. I don't want to jump to that because this is something I noticed. But he'll no, he'll definitely he'll he'll spot up for a long two. Like yeah, in the like corner was, and everything. <laughs> he was wide open the three point line, the ball would tap out to him and the Lakers would do this thing where like in twenty twenty it would be terrible defense. Like it's not just Tony Parker, but it was him mainly. And I know he's not like the greatest shooter, but they would like trot out to him, not like really run, but like I'm trying to guard you, but like I know you're. I'm not really scared of you taking that three. And then he would like pump fake and then step in and take the two. And I was just like, that's such terrible basketball. Because in 2020, if a guy is wide open behind a three point line, like you're sprinting at him. Like you don't care if you like pump fakes and go right around you. You're just sprinting at him to run him off that line. Yeah, no, that's definitely true, at least for, like, an average shooter. Again, like, Parker below average, but he actually became a better shooter as time went as he got right. a little older. So, you know, I understand nah, with Tony Parker's case, like, he was never the greatest three-point shooter, especially in this range, so I kind of get he didn't want to take him, but, like, he would be wide open. <laughs> like, I was like, bro, you have to, like, you got to take one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kobe, yeah, his first bucket did not even come until a minute 30 left in the second quarter. So he only had about two or four, like maybe four points at, at halftime. Um, yeah, and then he really picked it up one in the second half. Yeah, I thought he, he might have had a couple free throws. I don't remember. But, he, yeah, it was like two or four points. He Yeah, it was uh, – this didn't Bruce do much. Bruce just want being real physical with Kobe in the first half. I know this. First thing I know yeah, and one of the crazy things that got him going in the second half was, I think Bruce might have been in Udoko. foul trouble. Yeah, and then they put Udoko, Udoko on him, oh, and it was over. See, the thing was, was, I don't even – I would have to – I just rewatched it. I would have to rewatch it again. I was going to ask you that. They put Udoko on him, and he's going crazy, right? Yeah. But then, like, they call a timeout, and they put – they slide Manu over to him. They sub Manu in the game, take out Udoko, and I'm like – and this was the third quarter when they were down 20, but they were starting to come back. So they, they might have not been down 20 exactly at this time, but they were starting to come back from being down 20. I'm like, why did they suddenly lose Bowen? I couldn't remember how many fouls he had. He, like, he had too many fouls. He ended the game with five fouls. 
Okay, because yeah, they didn't come to man. That's the first thing I thought. Like you went and subbed in man, and you know, I mean, like, I mean, they, that's I mean, that goes to show one of the biggest flaws of the Spurs, really, I for a long time. They didn't. They like never. Great. Yeah, they just didn't have great wings uh, consistently. Dogs. I mean, because yeah, because Michael Finley is god awful in this game. Uh, it's ab- just absolutely, absolutely awful. U- Udoka is just his usual subpar self. Uh, I don't. I never liked him. I never. I never liked him, and I forgot that I never liked him until I started watching this game. Honestly, I forgot he was on the team. <laughs> like I was like, this is a blast from the past. I don't. <laughs> I vaguely remember this name. Like, I, I mean, I know he was on the team because he's a coach now, so I still see him. He's like an assistant coach or whatever, but he's not like. Yeah, and then Brent Berry, he's just so washed. He's just like a standstill three-point shooter. Oh, you guys definitely have the old man team. We have yeah, this is, a, this is an old, old, old man team. Kurt Thomas made yeah, an appearance? Yeah, Kurt Thomas, old wasp Robert Ory made an appearance. He literally tried to, like, they tried to put him in for the game, but he was like, yeah. He, he is, yeah. Tim Duncan had no sub. His, like, there was no, there, there was no backup big man that didn't even place, do anything. Speaking of Tim Duncan, it's great to see Tim Duncan complain to the rest. Tim Duncan gets <laughs> away with complaining to the rest because he's quiet and everybody. Oh, he always oh he whines to the refs all the time. But he's just as much of a whiner as anybody else. I'm not gonna say more or any less, but just as anybody else as a star, he does not get the treatment that like the nobody calls him on it. Also, I mean, but he doesn't get Tim Duncan, a lot of. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say great to watch Tim Duncan look like he was losing a step. Definitely looks like doesn't look like the. He's not like obviously he's not washed, but he's not like. Oh yeah, this is the first year of heat that he kind of fell off his prime. Yeah, I was like, damn, he doesn't really. I mean, he never really. I was talking to my friends about this. He never really wowed you with his athleticism, even though like young Tim Duncan was pretty athletic. He just just the way he moved, he just eh, kind of gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but like. I was watching, and I was like, he, like, Ronnie Torrias is blocking his shot. I mean, Tim Duffin still gets some good blocks in there. But, I mean, like. Yeah, there was a stretch was, there for, like, three possessions in a row that Ronnie Torrias was just locking, locking him down. I was just like, yo, what the hell is and this? And Doug Collins called it. He said Ronnie Torrias <laughs> had, had some blocks in him earlier in the season, so Duncan respects his, you know. Yeah. Torrias, underrated hustle guy. Always like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a Kenneth Freed before Kenneth Freed. Nah, he, well, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't as athletic, but same okay, role. Okay, I was good, <laughs> he yeah, wasn't yeah. like, I mean, he wasn't junking on people and stuff, but same same role, Not same idea yeah. player. Just a likable guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tim Duncan, and it makes me wonder, like, is Kevin Garnett better than Tim Duncan? All right, stop, all right, stop right now. Stop right no, now. No, like this season. This is 2008. Oh, and, oh, in 2008? I thought you were saying all time. That's all I was about to say. Hold, hold up. I mean, we about to, know, the whole pot. The whole pot was about to go flip upside irrational down. Irrational Tim Duncan here. <laughs> what do you mean irrational? <laughs> that's not. Well, even yeah, a con- that's, that's that's not even a debate. So continue. You said in two thousand eight. Well, I mean, if you technically Tim Duncan is center, but we're not going to talk about how you Spurs players want to slide him down the power forward. Um, no, but in all seriousness, in two thousand eight, he like. I would have to go back and watch Celtics game, but. I mean, obviously, Tim Duncan is playing with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. So he, I mean, 
Kevin Garnett is. So he, you can hide your washness if you've lost a step. But, like, I don't really know. I can't remember Kevin Garnett looking like he, he's not like old four Garnett or like young Garnett. But he, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you have to also to remember. Kinda, kinda he looks kind of washed, but he also had 30 and 18. So let's just keep that into perspective. But Tim Duncan always put up numbers like that, and you'll watch the game, and you'd be like, I don't, when how did many, he score these points? Like, it, I mean, what do you mean I, when he I scored? Really he, was, he was – he had – he was iso the whole game. He was – that's they didn't – their offense was not, like, No, but typical. what I'm saying is, like – no, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying it, there's a – I can pull up, like, a host of Tim Duncan games where you're just – like, you you realize he's scoring, but you really don't. I guess because he's not doing it flashy and anything is, like, these – leaning floaters and these bank shots and you just look up and it's like damn he has 20 points and he didn't really have to technically it doesn't take athleticism to you know like right in a bank shot from, you know what i'm saying he's not like jumping on it's not like oh kobe did a like three reverse spin layup you know dunks man like you, how'd you miss that he scored six in a row it's like well tim doesn't shot a bank right. shot i would say that i i think that tim duncan's athleticism might have went down like a letter grade, but I don't think that his overall ability as a player went down a letter grade, if that makes sense. So, like, I agree with just, you in terms of looking at his athleticism, but he was definitely a lot more skilled as well. So, I mean, right. he still had four blocks as well. So, would you say that, I mean, that KG is better this season and probably the following season? KG? Yeah. Off the top. I mean... I understand you probably haven't watched too many 08 Celtics. I mean, I, I would say they're – I would say they're – I mean, they had different roles. KG wasn't scoring 30, period, consistently. That's like, 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 period. Like, defensively, you could say that KG was probably better because he could definitely guard – like, guard the switches better yeah, on the pick and rolls. Like, like, yeah, he's still – so, I would say defensively, yeah, but just, like, in terms of carrying an offense, it – never. Right. KG, KG yeah, I mean, wasn't giving you 30. I mean, and I he played just, the Lakers. I feel, I, mean, I feel what you're saying. They kind of evolved into different players, so it's kind of hard to make a direct comparison. Uh, well, I was more so talking about their athleticism. I just, Oh, no, athleticism, I, KG definitely was more athletic this year for sure. Right. I definitely yeah, would agree it, with that. It just jumped off the screen at me. Like, he wasn't even moving. Like, I mean, like I said, Tim Duncan was never like the smoothest of movers. Like, you know. Yeah. But he, it wasn't like – you could kind of tell, like, it was like, uh. But then it was yeah. also the Western Conference Finals, so I was like, well. Right. I mean, and to be fair, this is a pretty slow-paced game. It's a pretty slow-paced game as well, too. I, I was going to point that out when we got deep into Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it, though. We'll get, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Another thing that I wanted to bring up, though, we, we've actually touched on a few things I was going to bring up, but one thing that stuck out to me was this was just a bad Manu Ginobili game as well. Just a bad, just just bad all around. He like, had hair though. So he's he's just just bad all around, huh? <laughs> he had hair though. So oh, he did have hair. Good for him. But they said he has he had some weird finger nail injury yeah, at the beginning the of the game. Injury. Yeah, and I was just like, what? I don't remember that at all. But it must have been I, a thing because he finished three of thirteen. It, yeah, it sounded it sounded all really painful. But <laughs> I was like, it didn't really describe how he got it. They were just like, yeah, his nail like his nail came off like yeah, yeah. It was like his entire nail came off. They had to 
give him a fake nail. I was like, and then they were like, but then they were like, he had to put he put the real nail back on, but it didn't stay. So they put the fake nail with the real nail, and I was I was really confused. I was, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, the, the sideline yeah, wasn't really, the same. I didn't rewind the video though. I was like, I don't care that much about it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care that much either, so it's it's okay. But that that was a, a big thing in terms of why the Spurs, especially in the second half, when they just stopped scoring. Like, I don't know what it was. Manu, that's the thing about Manu. He always just has random times where he'll just not be good. He was running point, if I remember correctly, at one point. Well, oh, definitely. You know, he was the backup quarter. point guard for sure. And I was just like, oh, this is interesting. I don't remember them running point. And then I tried to remember their roster. And I was like, don't really remember the Spurs' backup point guard. So that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Jock Vaughn got five minutes this game at backup point. And then they, they brought in Jock Vaughn. I was like, no, nah, it makes sense while Manu's no running point. Yeah, it, it, pretty pretty much. That that's about that just about sums it up. Sums up this uh this team. Uh yeah, we talked about the injury. Oh, and the crazy thing, this was the first year that y'all got pal. Right. And just unbelievable. But you would think they would play together for years. The I mean, that's Kobe, that's also they, true. They they because really the way well. the way like there was a stretch where like Kobe threw a lob to pal like three almost three straight times. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. It, If it wasn't straight, I, I remember three vivid lobs. It was, yeah, the second half and the comeback, Duncan kept stepping up. Yeah, he, I think he threw one. It, it was either late second quarter. It could have been the second half when they came back. But he just throws them, and it's just like. Yeah, it was definitely second half. Yeah, he throws one, and they have, like, he it was like Kobe looks like he's about to shoot, and then he, like, kind of, like, leans forward. Like, he's almost forcing it. Like, it's almost like a, I almost was watching Kobe, like, can you not throw a basketball? Like, what are you and he, like, <laughs> throws it to Powell. And Powell is so awful, so also unathletic. Like, the way he jumps, is, <laughs> he gets about this high off. Like, you can't obviously throw him. But, <laughs> like, you, I'm not sure you could slide a pack of paper under his feet. <laughs> but um, he jumps over uh, Tony Parker. Tony Parker was down there. And I'm just like, you would think Kobe and Powell. Like, if I, if I showed, like, if I had a child and I showed them this game, he would be like, oh, these guys have been playing together for a like five years now, and I'm like, this is their 50 second game together, right? Like, no, that's definitely true. In February, that's true. That the that was what stuck out to you, and what stuck out to me was just the fact that it was just one of the worst trades that that ever could have happened. I can't believe the Lakers fans cry about Chris uh, Paul after the NBA allowed for this shit to happen. This is unbelievable. West, <laughs> unbelievable. West got a prime Kwame Brown. Prime Kwame Brown. What the hell is that? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> got a Mark Gasol to replace his lost Gasol. So I don't really feel bad for me. That is an awful trade. I don't care. And Mark Gasol would have had to turn into Shaq for that to trade to not be awful. I mean, it worked out in the end. Sort of counter. I mean, the Grizzlies were better. The Grizzlies are better with Mark Gasol than they ever were with Powell. So, I mean, they also just had a better team. I don't know. I mean, I guess 10 years down the line, it worked out. The power trade allowed them to open up roster space, cap room, all this, all this other stuff that I don't care about that they got, and I'm not worried about this. So I'm very happy with that trade. Um, well, of Chris course, Paul trade, the Chris Paul trade was uh, just abominable for a man who said that my dream final scenario will be the Lakers versus the Lakers. For you to veto a trade that would give us Chris Paul in his prime, or <laughs> is just. I can't talk bad about David Theron because he's no longer here. But it it was just despicable. 
look, man, he was acting as the owner of the, I guess, were they the Pelicans at the time? Yeah, Hornets, New Orleans Hornets. Exactly. He was, he was, he was stopping the Hornets from making a bad trade. He was Dell Dell before Dell Dell. As as the active owner. Bad trade. I mean, bad veto. But, you know, what's that is done. Uh, good times. Not, well, the Chris Paul time. Good good times. That was, that was a great time. You and I remember that time very differently. <laughs> that was very hilarious. Kobe and Chris okay. on the same team, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually kind of interested to see how that works. <laughs> it would have worked fine if Chris Paul could work with could work with James Harden. He'd have been fine. Could Chris Paul work with James Harden? Yeah, they were. <laughs> what do you mean? They were one game away from beating the Warriors. No one ever got. No one ever beat the Warriors or kept or oh, came yeah, as close yeah, yeah, yeah. as ball, they did. Ball. People keep saying that, and it's like it's it's definitely a true statement. But like, let's not act like the that Warriors team was together for a decade. Like nobody. It doesn't ever matter. Got, They're still like the one of the top. Five greatest teams ever. Well, my my point being is that James Harden shipped Chris Paul out of there. So I mean, it it didn't really work as I mean, like as it worked. As it. it worked way better than people thought when the trade first happened. You remember, everyone was like, "How are they gonna ever work together? They both need the ball." Blah blah blah. I mean, to a certain extent, that was true, but it still worked. I'm not talking about them needing the ball. I'm talking about personality. <laughs> oh well, I guess personality wise, I mean. Yeah, it is what that's it is. Well, but yeah, that's why I mean, James Harden will probably never win a ring if that's the he wanted to get Russell Westbrook instead. I'm well. I'm also well. I'm talking about if he couldn't work with, well, maybe him and Kobe because they're both like super competitive. It will work. But I'm just saying it could also have like backfired too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, I feel like Kobe and Chris Paul actually were friends. No. Yeah, I do feel like Kobe and Chris Paul out of two people who because they're like, the like sound, around the same age, sort of, like at least closer. Yeah, it's just been interesting. I'm not saying it wouldn't have wouldn't. I just, you know, it was something I, I now looking back on, I wonder. Yeah, I, was, I guess it I mean, wouldn't I, have been. A, yeah, it wouldn't have been as sure of a thing, I guess, as it may seem on paper. But I mean, I definitely will take that trade ten times out of ten. Like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's better than Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Oh man! All right, uh, favorite sequence. I'll let you go first. My personal favorite sequence in this game had to be the uh, the nine straight points by Kobe, scored and assist by Kobe. I think it was pretty much midway through the third to like two minutes in the third. Then it's broken up by Sausage Vujicic three. And I just have to say this about Sasha Vujicic. He wears oh, that's a little crazy thing because on his... this was my favorite sequence too. When Sasha Vujicic shot the three when Kobe wanted to post up and he just shot it. And he made it, right? Yeah, and he and made I, it. <laughs> and then Kobe comes back and he makes another. So it's, uh, it's Sasha basically breaks up like 13 in a row by Kobe, which is fine. He made the side of cool. Uh, teammates have a long habit of passing off Kobe to make up big three-pointers. Uh, Jeremy Lin did it once. Uh, Ron Artest also the, probably the most famous one of all time. Um, but I just want to say about Sasha Vinicius, he used to wear that little headband. And it's very thin, and I don't know if you if people could tell that it was there, but I yeah, was like, how it, how did it hold the back of his hair down? Because like his hair is like long, so it should have just flopped over. It wasn't like a thick head; it was like literally. Yeah, down. I don't know. It's but, it's like it's, it's like a soccer thing. They do that in soccer a lot. 
And I, I do you put gel in your hair so it doesn't move forward? Like I, I don't know. But yeah, that was my favorite sequence because I mean, like people always bash, and this is why this is also one of my favorite Kobe games because people always say he takes too many shots and all this stuff. But like this game, the Suns game, um, which he in that game when the Suns game, I rewatched that one because it was on NBA TV, and I didn't realize how many points he had in that game. I don't want to spoil it if you know, if you do that game later. But like, yeah, probably will. I'm, all right, well, I'm gonna spoil how many points he had. He had twenty. He finished with twenty four, and I think I realized that because they were like, I was watching a little NBA TV thing and I had to pop up podcast, and they're like, Lamar Odom was shooting the free throw and the cable. Lamar Odom at twenty five and let all scores. I'm like, this nigga let all scores at twenty five points. How many did Kobe have? And they were just showing him through the through the regular game, and he just had like twenty one, twenty, like nothing crazy. And it, of course, that game goes in overtime. And Kobe hit pretty much that game-winning shot and the floater and, like, a free throw, I think, two free throws from, like, two minutes left in the fourth until, like, the game's over. Like, like those are all the points he scores. He pretty much scores all the points in overtime. And I just, I always thought that was interesting because, you know, the narrative is Kobe shoots so much and all that. And that one series, he didn't score a lot of points. There's also early 2000 Sun series that he does the same thing. Like, he has 15 points, but he has, like, nine rebounds, seven assists or something. I say, I'm saying all that to say, basically, like, this game, like, the fact that he was, like, mixing in the passing with the scoring, and it wasn't just, like, a 65-3 and three assist Kobe game that everybody loved, but then people try to, like, 10 years later bash him for it. And like, oh, he didn't pass the ball. And I was like, yeah, because you want to Brian Cook to interrupt <laughs> Kobe Bryant's point 60 points. Like, that That was a better shot. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm rambling. So, that's why it was my favorite sequence because he just, it kind of shows like, it shows kind of like, I don't know if Kobe's going to age into this guy where people remember him as he could do everything, but he really could do everything when he wanted to. It was just about him wanting to. Like, it was like, damn, man, you could really go out there and get, like, you could go out there and get nine assists like LeBron if you really wanted to. Like, why don't you want to? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's just a mentality thing. Assists, like assists really, are not – it's not part of the Kobe mentality. Well, I mean, when he wanted to. Like, um, I mean, yeah, it just depended on the teammates, though. That, yeah, that is also true. Um, so, yeah, that was really why it was my favorite sequence. It was very much like a I can do everything when I want to in effective game. Um, I will say this, though, one last thing. It also did kind of show, like, Kobe has a lot of games where – I don't know if you ever found that balance of like how Michael did where he was like, okay, I'm not going to take over the game, but then I'm going to take over the game. It's like Kobe would really wait. Like it was either I'm going to shoot a lot or I'm not going to shoot at all. Like he never really found that like super perfect balance. Like it was yeah. no reason why he, he took, he should have only taken three shots in the first half. Like I get it. You're passing, but like, you could have been a little bit more aggressive, even if you took two more shots. But then in the second half, like, I guess the second half, he did find the balance because he was passing and scoring. But it was like he, like, he didn't do it for four quarters. But he, it wasn't bad. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's just like, it wasn't like, it was either like, it's one extreme of Kobe. He's like, I'm going for 60. Or it was like, I'm going to pass the ball to pr- almost like he did in the, that same 2006 series against the Suns in game seven, where he's like, I'm going to make a point 
that these guys can't work for me. I'm just going to pass all the time. And it's like, all right, you made your point now, like, show <laughs> the game. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was like he was always trying to make a point and never just sometimes just trying to, like, get it done. But, I mean, I would have to watch, rewatch a lot more Kobe games to maybe prove that. But that's just where I felt about this game. Yeah, no, it was definitely, like, watching two totally different players, first half to second half, uh, just in terms of, like, his decision-making and, and all that. Um, like, he definitely was passing up shots in the first half that were wouldn't have been bad shots, but he definitely, you could almost feel like was almost premeditated that he was like, I'm going to pass to start this game to, to for whatever purpose, I guess, to get his teammates involved or whatever. And uh, it, it works when you're... It works when it's twenty one to nineteen. It's like okay, we passing the shots, but then like now we're down by ten at halftime. <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, it's still halftime, so that's why I guess but, you can't run to the bank with that theory and be like, oh, he didn't find the balance because they ended up winning the game. But it was also like, well, if he takes three more shots and makes two of them, then we're down by six at halftime, right? And saying one of them is not three, a three, and it's like a you know, like a six one game at half. Like that's a pretty normal like you want to have forty six forty. You know what I'm saying? It's like, feels better than 36, 46. You know what I'm saying? No, that's true. You can definitely tell. Second half, he, or he probably sat there in halftime, said, second half, like, I got to stop this shit because it's just not working. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Uh, this was also my favorite sequence. Just because when Sasa actually pulled up to shoot that three, I almost let out a like, gasp. I just I just didn't think he was going to do it, but he made it. So good for him. I was I was happy for him. Uh, I mean, in 2020, that's a great shot. I watched I mean, him shoot that shot, I and I was like, I was like, I mean, it's not a bad shot. He's a good shooter. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, the guy wasn't really, really on him. Yeah, on, it was, yeah, I was, like, was open, was, so. I'm pretty sure in 2008 when I watched this game, I was screaming at Sasha Blue Tears. I feel like, yeah, and that's goes to my most surprising thing. Watching Sashi Vujicic, I feel like he wasn't that bad. Laker fans really just shit on him all the time. He wasn't that bad. I never, I never thought Sashi Vujicic was that bad. But, I mean... I don't know. He definitely I gets this, a bad rap. I, I always have the thing with players like, if anybody follows me on Twitter, they know. Like, I don't understand why everybody's so mad at Jamon Green this season. They're like, oh, he puts up eight, eight points. And I'm like, he always put up. Like, this is his career average, actually. He had one good season or one statistically great season that, like, you know, was statistically great for him. Where he had like 13 or I don't know how many points that, but he was more than eight. But I'm like, this is he's averaging his career averages. He 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 is who he is. He's a good player that is a glue guy that gets boosted up by better players. Like I don't expect any more from Jamar Green than what I'm getting. To tie that into Sasha Vujicic, I never expected more from him than what I got. So like, he used to yell at him. I was like, I just want him to stand in the corner and shoot threes, and he does. So I mean, he never bothered me. Um, that that's fair. But you know, so that's how I feel. I was always an irrational Jordan Palmer guy, though. Jordan, why? I don't know. I always like Jordan Reformer. I just, I thought he was, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know. <laughs> well, was maybe he good on I, NBA Live or something? Like, I don't, I just, <laughs> maybe because Derek Fisher was getting older at the time and he was like kind of slowing down and he had been there for a while and it was just like, so Derek Fisher, he leaves for a minute, right? Yeah. And like Chucky Atkins and all those guys and they were just bad. And like Gary Fitch is kind of like slower, and then like Farmer was like faster paced and younger. So I'm like, oh yeah, this young guy, like he runs, he can, you know, 
Like he's faster, and I just he, whenever he comes in, like even Doug Collins says when he when they put that lineup in, the tempo picks up and all that. All right, so I just always was like, I always liked him. I don't. That's just. I was always sad that he never developed into more. Yeah, he just kind of. I mean, he's a decent role player though. What was your most surprising thing though? Um, my most surprising uh, of this game, I would have to say, I would have to say how much, I would have to say, well, actually my most surprising point was, I didn't realize the game ended like that. Um, Kobe actually scores the game time basket and the game winning basket. The game time basket for the Spurs and the game winning basket for the game. If you yeah. watch that replay where, where Duncan hits it and, like, they credit to Duncan, and, like, oh, I think Paul Gasol tipped it in. To me, it looked quite clear that Kobe Bryant knocked the ball in the basket. <laughs> I, was looking, I was like, it, it looks like he hit it. But um, Yeah. Hey, Duncan gets the credit, though. Closest person there. And then um, the out-of-bounds, to me, was kind of clearly off of the Lakers, but we got, we got the ball back. So, um, even though we didn't score on that possession, but uh, that's priced the first ball. Was, it's surprising to you that the refs were in the Lakers' favor? Uh, the refs aren't, aren't always in the Lakers' favor. I just asked a question. <laughs> they don't always. It's, 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 a one, it's a couple of games that people like to discuss, but um, they've been proven false. Uh, but uh, those, that's what most surprising. I mean... I, I would also say... I would, some surprising faces. DJ Mozanga, you know, guy after guy. <laughs> Most surprising thing that. for me also was just that this the Spurs really weren't that like that talented. Like they really weren't. Okay, I was gonna say this. <laughs> I was gonna. I guess I didn't go off of this. Surprising thing. I was gonna say this earlier. The Spurs have been old since they've been young. Like I was looking at that roster, and I was like, damn, this team would have been great in two thousand three. Like. <laughs> But it's and just like in 2003, y'all so, roster would have been great in '98. Like, yeah, it's just like every, yeah, 2003 was an awful, awful roster. That's like Tim Duncan's greatest achievement is winning in 2003. Uh, I I, I started to understand, I guess in theory, why every year people would always say our right, Spurs are going to not be good anymore. Because no, you look at the team. Because you look at the team. And you're just like, <laughs> and it was just like. Michael Finley, Brett Berry, Robert Ori's washed, and like it was just like Jesus. They had to start. They had to start Manu because the team was so bad they couldn't afford to not start him. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't even have enough depth to actually use. Them. Yeah, they started them. They didn't have enough depth to like like who were they gonna start if they wanted Manu to come off the bench? It was gonna be Bruce Bowen and Michael Finley out there as the wings, like. It's not I even an option. Bowen did start. He started on No, he did. But I'm saying oh, Manu yeah. Ginobili also started because who's going to start for him? It's going to be Bruce and Michael Finley together or Bruce and Yudoka together. Like, it's I not – that's, that's actually my surprising point, Yudoka. He completely – I completely forgot about this guy. So, I'm <laughs> seeing him out there knock down shots. It's, just, it's also a very bad era for NBA warm-ups. When you watch, like, the 90s, like, the last dance, you're like, oh, these are cool warm-ups. And then you watch like the one that they were now, and then you see like that that shit they were wearing in the mid two thousands is like, damn, Adidas really screwed it. What are you over? Yeah, it, yeah, Adidas, yeah, not great. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> it's um, kind of baggy, and the logos just don't look that great. Bad design. Um, 
was it Adidas or was it Nike? No, it was Adidas. Yeah, it was Adidas. I don't think Nike got on until in twenty twelve. Yeah, it's bad. But um, yeah, Udoka. I, I would I take all that. Like Udoka is my surprise because I don't really remember anything about him. I couldn't tell you any stats about Udoka. I don't know what he did the next season, and I don't, I don't even know where he came from. I couldn't tell you really any stats. I just he just. I mean, he definitely one of those guys. Like he just is who he is. So I mean, he just was. Now, I won the championship like the year before. Yes. Was he on that team? Uh yeah. I, I don't no think. I don't think he played as much though. Well, yeah, I have no no recollection of Idoka. Like, if you told me if he was a creative player, like if if we ran two K and we were playing, <laughs> and you told me that he was a creative player, I wouldn't. I would not. I wouldn't call your bluff. <laughs> if there's someone out there making a creative player of Ime uh, Idoka, uh, I, I'd I'd be very concerned. I'll leave it at that. I'm just saying, like, the name, like, no offense to the guy, but Edoka, like, never heard of him. Oh, actually, I take it back. He, he was not on the team. That was his first year. Oh, yeah, see? I mean, this was his first year. I had to look, I had to check, self check myself. Uh, that was his first I year. Mitch, I used to think Mitch Richmond Mitch, Mitch Richmond was a creative player on, like, the <laughs> NBA jams, you know, the kids. I, I swear to God. Because Michael Jordan wasn't on the game. They used to have, like, some random guy that wore 99. It was great at everything for the Bulls. And it was this bald guy that wore number 23. And I was like, oh, this must be – his name was Mitch. I was like, is this, like, the fake Michael Jordan? <laughs> and, like, That's on, crazy, yeah. Um, like, on NBA um, Live 2001 or something, or NBA Shootout, like, they had, like, the all 90 team. And, like, he was on there. And I was like, oh, this must be the fake Michael Jordan. And I looked at his stats. And like, <laughs> the fake Michael Jordan. This guy kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the roster for the Spurs from the year before, and it's actually crazy that it's somehow just by looking at it is worse than the 2008 roster that's in this Lakers game. Like they added, they added. It's like the same team, except Come without 2004. No, 2007. Oh, the team, the, the, team the Spurs team that actually won 2007. Is actually a worse roster, just on paper, than 2008. They upgraded and added Ime Udoka for wing depth. I mean, the sticky truth about that, like that season, is looking back at like some of those mid 2000 years, it was kind of bad. Some of those teams were not like the Cavs in the finals. Like great accomplishment by LeBron. Like I'm not taking anything away from him, but like that roster stinks. <laughs> a lot of these rosters, yeah, a lot of these rosters really aren't great. So I guess like by these standards, the roster isn't quite as bad. Like if they were like time traveled and had to play versus current rosters versus like really good teams or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, yeah, who the Spurs? Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah well, probably. any teams I know there, like two thousand, like oh four to like oh seven, it was like. Some of those losses are really bad. And like, well, that goes to the next. My next thing. Uh, rating the teams. Oh, this this Spurs team does not rate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man. This hey, the Spurs. They were what the two seed this year. I, I mean, that's fine. I mean, this was the same <laughs> year that um that uh, Chris Ball had the Hornets up there, and I mean that was a pretty you know good they played the Hornets. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they the Spurs played Hornets. Yeah, yeah, they beat them in the, in the round before. I remember that series. Um. But um, 
I mean, you could win a lot of regular season games if your best player is Tim Duncan. You have better Ginobili and Tony Parker. So I mean, I mean it doesn't really yeah, they won fifty six. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me, but like, they don't really like. Are you ever gonna be like, oh, the two thousand eight Spurs? Like, great basketball to me. No, mm. yeah. no. Uh, the Lakers. I, I mean, they lost in the finals. I don't. I don't really think this team races anybody. I think the biggest thing about this team to me was that Trevor Reza and um, Bynum got hurt. And it was Kobe's MVP year. And, you know, like they were really good before they even made the trade for uh, Gasol. So, I mean, like, it was a good Kobe year. But, it like, the team as a whole... I guess you remember them because they lost to the Celtics, but I don't know if they really they don't really rate to me. Well, it's not a bad team though. You know, I don't even think Trevor Ariza was really playing much that year though. Was, was I can't. I, I can't really remember. I know he played a little bit more the next year, obviously, um, and he wasn't there for the final showdown uh, with the Spurs. I mean, with the Celtics. I have to go back and look. I can't really remember their rotation. I do remember him playing though, because I remember him getting hurt, and I remember thinking like, "Damn, that's some death that we're not going to have." But all right, I'm looking at it now. Trevor Ariza. I wouldn't be like he played 20 minutes a game. Yeah, he played 18 minutes per game. Oh, well, well, he didn't play in a lot of months. games. Yeah, it was only 25 games, 24. Because he got hurt. Yeah, 18 minutes. I mean, his his numbers were actually. I mean, okay. Given the minutes, yeah, I mean, I, I remember him. I, he was a factor, but I just don't remember. Um, just like a team though, like Valimir, Vladimir Romanovich. I don't. I remember him very vividly. I for some reason I do not recall him being on this team though. Yeah, me neither. He also was a little better than I thought he was. Like he actually played pretty well this game. He was a hit or miss guy. Doug Collins called yeah. it on the head. Doug Collins, very good, very good. Uh, Announcer. Yeah, I thought Steve Kerr was on this game too. Nah, well, maybe he was maybe a Saturn Twitter. No, Steve Kerr, he definitely called games. In my notes, I have Steve Kerr. Nah, well, for this game, I have Doug Collins. I know Steve Kerr called games. I'm just saying for this game, I have Doug Collins. Oh, really? Well, whoever was calling the game was good. I don't know why I wrote Steve Kerr down. Yeah, it was Doug. It definitely Doug. Um, Doug and Marv Albert. Marv Albert not stumbling over people's names and surprisingly got Utoka right every single time. So, uh, good stuff from Marv. <laughs> yeah, this was back when Marv was actually a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something about this Lakers team. Does this Lakers team time travel? Like, are they still good in twenty twenty? No, because they don't have any guards. Like Kobe's like the only good guard on the whole team. I kind of thought about it too. Lamar, if Lamar Odom was more of a factor, maybe. But he's, I mean, this game he isn't good at all, and he's with against uh, Fabricio Alberto, and he doesn't really do anything. So Lamar, he was, Lamar Odom was always ahead on this guy to me too. Yeah, if he was, if he was more of a consistent player, then maybe because like he's pretty versatile and everything. You could honestly like even I don't know have him at almost at point guard almost like by 2020 standards and then have more wings or whatever to make up for the lack of guards. But 
you'd be relying just, on him too much. So I, was just I don't, thinking, I don't think you know, so. Teams of this era had like one or two shooters, but the Lakers had Boya Church, which is probably get more playing time. Um, Ramon, yeah, Kobe, because you know, I mean, if he's knocking, if he's open, and then I mean, Darren Fisher, if he's open, could knock down some stuff. I mean, it it could be some spacing, like uh. For Kobe to drive and kick with those guys, but I mean Trevor Reese was not really a national shooter. Lamar was playing like that, so I mean it would it'd be weird. But I was just wondering where they would rank. Um, but you have to. I mean, I would assume Kobe would find a way to get it done. But I don't. I don't know if they make the finals or anything. Yeah, I mean they'd still be a good team, but yeah, I don't know about the finals either. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I mean, I like Pagasol at center and all that stuff. So it, it'd be good. But I think uh, we covered everything. Did you want to go over uh, – give Kobe a, uh, oh, a yeah, grade? Oh, we'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give Kobe a grade. Yeah, yeah. And then anything about the announcers or TV broadcast that was funny? No, I mean, I don't have anything I, – and I thought it was Steve Kerr talking the whole time. So, I guess I don't have much on the announcers. But whoever it was, they were doing a good job. I definitely thought that when they called Cubs from the Red Hot Chili Pepper Steve Nash, that was funny. <laughs> because I definitely thought that was Steve Nash as well. I was like, damn, Steve Nash, that's a Lakers game. Like, what do you think of that? And it was like, that's not Steve Nash. <laughs> um, so that was funny to me. And then Marv. Um, but yeah, good call. As far as Kobe, I mean, I have to give him a, a A. I, I mean, like, no less than B minus, but an A to me. Like, he kind of like, I don't want to. I don't want to say it was his fault that he was unselfish and the team got like pumped. Because like they, even though the Spurs were going on like going like obviously up by ten, it wasn't like I never really felt like the Lakers were just getting blown out. I was just like, oh, like other people just aren't making shots and Kobe isn't shooting. But once Kobe started shooting, but he kind of did let that go on a little bit too long. But then he kind of. Saves the show, but he doesn't do it in this overarching, like, I'm going to take every shot 51 in the second half against Toronto way. It's just like, I'm going to let the game come to me, but I'm also going to attack the basket, but I'm going to keep passing. Because a lot of times, and even in the second half, like, I think late in the fourth quarter, he goes to the basket and he dishes it to Lamar. I think Lamar, he gets fouled, boy, he passes it to Lamar. And I'm like, oh, he's still, like, he's still trusting his teammate. He's still passing. He's still thinking about it. Um, so I have to give it an A. He kind of floats on defense a little bit, but also like the Spurs don't really have anybody that he needs to like shut down necessarily. So yeah, I mean they just kept him on Bruce Bowen for the most part. Yeah, he just kind of roamed around. Which is another which is I wanted to bring up that three point thing. There's so many instances where Bruce Bowen is wide open. Like Kobe's not really on him, and I know Bruce Bowen loves the corner three, but in 2020 he would have to shoot that. Oh yeah, like no, Kobe like kind of, like, walks out to him and puts his hand out. Like, he's in defensive position, but he's not closing out like you would close out. I'm not calling him going, like, Clay Thompson or anything, but he's not closing out like how you would close out on a shooter. Oh, today. not at all. Like, I mean, he, he, yeah, he's, he's daring him to shoot it. Yeah, and it's just, like, but in 2020, that's, like, I can't – it's crazy how, like – I mean, we're both 25, right? So, it's like, we watch basketball, and, like, this is the basketball we grew up on, right? But, like, this basketball is so much different than – a little bit different than like the basketball we watched at the little kids, but it's so much different than the basketball we watch now. And we're not even that old to be like, I've seen so many errors, but I like, I watch this now and I think to myself, like, 
this defense is ass. Like, they're giving up wide open shots. Why aren't these guys taking it? And people are pump taking and stepping in and taking 18-footers. And I'm just like, this, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, they're playing defense based off of how offense was played. Right, right. No, and that's crazy that offense was played that way. But also, too, like, I mean, even before, like, I remember growing up, it was like, if a guy wants to take a three and, you know, we're playing three on three or whatever, and the score is four to four, like, let him. Like, I'm not giving him a layup unless he's, like, a knockdown shooter. Now those right. are gym and like you're, you're like sprinting for dear life at somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, especially just looking at the Spurs, it's like they they had so many people who were just like non-factors on offense. They, I mean, they were really out there. Other than Tony, Manu, and Tim, like no one out there could create any type of shot or do anything. I mean, Michael Finley could kind of knock down some shots if he was feeling good, but and they had the so many holes. They were just walking up to y'all. So you around, it's like, Bruce Bowen, this is the best shot you're going to get all game, like, without somebody driving and kicking to you at the three-point line. Like, take it. Like, like make them play you. And it's like, nah, we're going to yeah. slow players didn't even Players didn't even practice the three-point shooting enough to even right. take it. It's just like It's just like a whole mentality shift. A lot of walking up and down the court. Even the fast breaks weren't really that fast. It was like a semi-jog break, unless it was Tony Parker, who just was running by himself. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one thing they pointed out. They were just like, yeah, Tony Parker, uh, the Spurs fast break, the best Spurs, Spurs fast break is when Tony Parker just goes by himself and just runs down the court. Bro, that three-on-one they had, <laughs> or three-on-two, that was the slowest break I've, I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, they're... It was right before Tony Parker had that one on one. They were like, "Oh yeah, you know the Spurs fast break." And Marvin's like, "Well, that wasn't really a fast break." <laughs> and you know, if Marvin's calling you slow, like, uh, yeah, Marvin's a little bolder back then. <laughs> uh, I get Kobe an A minus though. Only reason it's not an A is just because I don't think it's his best game. Or again, it's not even his top five. It's an honorable mention game, so I can't give an honorable mention game an A per se. Just because he started off slow and they were down or whatever, but I mean that's really just nitpicking, you know. But there's just been I mean, I a, he just he just uh, I'm just grading him on his own curve. So by Kobe standards, it's an A minus by literally every player except maybe like ten ever it would be an A. Yeah, I mean I give him A because I could feel like somebody might watch this and say this is one of his five best games. Also, he probably has more than I mean he definitely has more than five good playoff games. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, also too, it's like, I mean, I just don't think he played that great in the first half. Like he didn't play bad by, but I mean, I wouldn't say he played great. He wasn't, he didn't stand out how he needed to. So I, I think the game itself too kind of lends itself to like, it, it just wasn't a, like, it wasn't a, a four quarter perfect game or anything. To me, the game itself just limited itself because it wasn't like a, it's not like, Obviously, it's important because it's a playoff game. It's like a game one. You don't want to lose, but the worst that could happen is you lose and you have, you know, six games to make it up. It's not like a a game one where he goes for 55 and is unstoppable. And it's not like a game. Like, if you would have done this in a game seven, I feel like people would have been like, oh, this is a great game. Like, 27-9. Like, that's the reason. Look how he controls it. He brought him back in 20. But, like, I feel like this game kind of gets buried because it's a game one spur. It's not really like a super amazing opponent. You know what I mean? Like, 
It's kind of like how that Bulls Celtics series from a couple years ago, 09, like I think Derrick Rose. No, nah, the Ben, yeah, the Derrick Rose, his first playoff uh, series, and like every game was like in overtime, except for like one. And people are like, this is the greatest series ever. And everybody's like, well, it's only a first round series. So what does it really matter? I think this game kind of falls on that. Like, what was the game one? So, like, I mean, that's true, but also the Spurs just, I went, I'm not going to say they gave the game away, but they just, they just missed a lot of shots. It just came down, like, they just, in the second half, were just missing a lot. Of, it's not like they were turning the ball over or whatever. Like, they were just missing a lot of shots. I mean, they, yeah, they just weren't good, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they just weren't. Yeah, they just weren't. They just weren't good at making shots. They were good at a lot of things, but they just weren't good at like shooting jump shots. That's pretty much what? what sums up that whole the whole game. They just weren't good at making jump shots. <laughs> well, I mean, if anybody wants to figure out like like it's going to win the series um, in five, yes, yeah, yeah and that's uh. That's about it. That's about it on the 08 Lakers. I don't really – good team, very fun year. I watched Kobe go from the bottom of the mountain back to the top. Wasn't fun watching the finals, but, uh, yeah, we, pretty much the story of 08 Kobe Bryant, MVP. Uh, yes, memories when life was simpler. Also, the sneakers that they wore, I don't, I don't know. I pointed this little aesthetic stuff, like, very mid two thousands. Very like we obviously have to match the Lakers colors. Oh yeah, season. there was no yeah yeah. No one was wearing their own. Yeah, nobody was, nobody was out there in Jordans. Just the aesthetic of the sneakers with this like. PJ Tucker had not entered the league yet. Yeah, you wore the team, the Nike team, like yeah, Harachi, like the team color, the standard AAU team colorway, you know, basically. So, yeah, there's Kobe with the high-top sneakers still. I think that was Kobe. I want to say there were fours, maybe in the fives. Don't quote me on them, though. But uh, the high-top, I definitely remember when that shoe came out. Um, yeah, this interesting time, 2008. Like, felt like technology was a little bit better than I, than I should have gotten a clearer video at this time, but I don't know. I don't think I had cable at this time anyway, so. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't have this good cable. Yeah, well, this is a good, uh, good start, good honorable mention. I think uh, we'll be on the lookout for some future ones. I think the next game I'll do might be 2000 Trailblazers Lakers, but don't hold me to it. Another comeback Kobe game. Yeah, don't like I said, don't don't hold me to it. We'll see, but appreciate you coming on. All right, man. Look, man. Let me say save some for me for the next pod, please. Oh, I have I, I can go on hours with this. Yeah, I I we know. <laughs> uh, but thanks. Appreciate you coming on. I know it started off a little slow, technical difficulties, but you know, making it work in quarantine. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, follow me on Twitter at DXRICK. That's about it.